720 WGN. It's Chicago's Afternoon News. It's 218. And on the phone, Senator Dick Durbin. How are you this afternoon, Senator? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So yesterday you were at the Ukrainian Cultural Center along with some other folks, and you were celebrating the 103rd anniversary of the country's unification. And I'm sure there was a lot of conversation going on there, because when we left on Friday, we felt things were simmering, but it seems like we're almost getting to the point where they're starting to boil over today. So what changed from Friday until today? Well, it's more serious. Uh, The irony, we were celebrating at St. Nicholas Church on Chicago Avenue 103 years ago, Ukraine, uh, emerging from World War One, finally stood on its own feet, uh, put Russia to the side and said, we're an independent nation. Now we're going to move forward. Well, what were we discussing yesterday? Whether Ukrainian independence was going to survive in this year, 2022, and what is the uh, threat to it? Russians, again, at their border, 127,000 troops that Putin has sent to the border. So it's a problem that has been for a long, long time uh, between Ukraine and Russia. And Putin is testing us. He's testing the European Union. He's testing the NATO alliance. He's testing whether or not we're willing to stand up uh, to stop him from another invasion. Senator Steve in the newsroom, the Department of Defense announced today that they put about 8,500 troops on what they're calling heightened alert. Um, Do you foresee a situation where U.S. troops might be involved here down the road? I don't at this point, but I can tell you, I believe what they're doing is putting in troops as part of NATO to fortify other countries. This is not just Ukraine. Uh, there's If you take a look at the map there, I ask your listeners to take a look at these countries and where they stand. Belarus is a huge uh, entity in this struggle because it is the launching pad for Putin to put troops in to threaten Poland, to threaten Lithuania, uh, Latvia, and Estonia. I mean, and so we are putting NATO troops, uh, our troops, to supplement NATO forces into these countries, which are part of the NATO alliance. Ukraine is not, so it's in a special special category. At this point, we're basically, the good news is we're still talking to Putin, and he is very being very open and public about what he's doing. He keeps saying, why are you so worried? We just have 127,000 troops on the border. Uh, well, you can. Uh, the answer is pretty obvious. Right. The history- These slowing nations don't send out 100,000 troops to uh, really prey upon some country like Ukraine. Do you think that it's not... Do you think it's inevitable that Putin will do something in Ukraine, or do you think he still might bring those troops closer to home? I think he. I think he's looking uh, to have some sort of a, a statement from Ukraine and from NATO in terms of what the future is going to hold. And we have said, uh, you know, Ukraine decides its own future. It's a sovereign nation. Putin doesn't get to make that decision, and nor does Joe Biden. Uh, it's up to the Ukrainian people. And secondly, uh, I will just tell you, uh, with with special affinity in our region to Poland and the Baltics, we are worried, you know, uh, if Putin decides to go through Belarus and create some military threat there, that's serious. And that's part of the NATO alliance. We're talking to Senator Dick Durbin. I'm I'm a Midwest mom, and I'm worried. I don't really have ties to the region. But do you think, Senator, that um, the troops obviously there are, are sent there to threaten, but will this start out as a cyber war? It could, and Putin has done that. There was a point where he decided to use the Russian hackers that you'll remember just a few years ago tried to invade our own election, that he used the Russian hackers to basically shut down Estonia, one of the Baltic nations. 
they were able to hack into their system and, and really turn it off for a period of time. So he has that capacity. Uh, he's been playing nice recently with that uh, capacity, but we never know what tomorrow's going to bring when he's concerned. So it is not likely to be a force-on-force invasion so much as a kind of a tease to see how far he can go before we respond. And create chaos, because if you hack into banking systems and state systems and government systems, that that increases the uncertainty that the Ukrainian people feel right now. So talk to me about the the retired generals that are that are talking and 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 there you know several of them on tv news programs over the weekend guessing that this was going to happen sometime in the next month but there is a relationship between the president of china and and putin and it doesn't seem like he would want to upstage the olympics so is this something that we think is going to happen before february 3rd or do you think he'll sit out the olympics and then do whatever he has planned it's impossible. It's just pure speculation at this point as to any timetable that Putin may be contemplating. Uh, but I would tell you that as long as the conversations, uh, the diplomatic conversations are taking place, I am encouraged. As long as we are being backed up by the European Union and our NATO allies, I think Putin knows we're serious about this. Uh, let's be really honest about this. We live in a dangerous world. We can't take anything for granted. And a thug bully like Putin, who's done this so many times before, he invaded Ukraine seven or eight years ago and took control of a province called Crimea. It's now Russian. He just took control of it. And he left thousands of troops on the ground fighting in eastern Ukraine. And the people of that country have been fighting and dying for seven years. This is an ongoing thing. So it isn't like he's above doing it, but he just pushes it far enough, but not too far uh, to tempt us and see if he can get uh, any kind of advantage. But during that conflict, thirteen to 14,000 people have died. I mean, that's, it's uh, yeah, it's awful. And it seems like whatever we have been doing to stop it hasn't worked. So, what Well, we tried to hold back from being too confrontational. Even now, we're, we're providing defense assistance to the Ukrainian army through the Baltic states. Lithuania, for example, is sending in uh, supplies and equipment uh, to the Ukrainian people. We are hoping that it says to Putin, we're serious. We're not going to let you just invade and take over Kiev and, and the Ukraine because we know that you're not going to stop there. Uh, he, he doesn't even believe this country has a right to exist. I mean, you listen to him, he wants the greater Soviet Union, the greater Russia. He says, uh, you know, Ukraine is not an independent nation. These are all Russian people. Well, they see it otherwise, and I do too. Senator, has there been a policy to contain Putin that has worked? I mean, President Biden's talking about intensive sanctions this time. There have been sanctions in the past that I, I know he's felt, but I don't know that they've deterred him from doing anything. Well, I can tell you what they have in mind now would be a blockbuster. It is known as a a swift policy, and it's the policy that countries take advantage of to do international trade. Uh, And we shut it down with Iran when they were threatening terrorism against America's allies in the Middle East. It brought them to the negotiating table overnight, basically overnight. The same thing is uh, an option when it comes to the U.S. and Russia. It is a massive movement uh, in terms of economic sanctions. Uh, And I know we put it on the table and told him we're serious. If he invades, he's got to be ready for the worst. 
Uh, I hope it doesn't get to that, but it's better than a military response. Senator Dick Durbin, we've got about 60 seconds left. On January 7th, you wrote an op-ed in the Trib about the federal peace being the peace that's missing and stopping violence in Chicago. We talked with Tony Preckwinkle last week. That was her point. Um, can you address that? Is is there anything that's being done on the federal level to help ease the violence that not only Chicago is feeling, but cities across the nation? Well, I can tell you that 85% of all law enforcement in Chicago and Illinois is state and local. So we are a small part, 15% roughly, but we can do a better job. For example, I went down to the memorial service for Ella French, this wonderful member of the Chicago police force who was killed a few months back. Uh, and I just saw hundreds of policemen in uniform lined up to pay their respects. She was killed, we believe, by someone who ended up with a straw purchase. They went to a gun dealer, an individual who was buying a gun for someone else because that someone else had a criminal record, bought a gun, put it into the crime scene, and it ended up taking her life. We can do things to make the federal penalty on straw purchases serious. Right now, it's uh, basically a bookkeeping error. It's got to be a crime and a serious one. In her memory, we should do it. Secondly, this carjacking thing. I mean, this is for real, and I think we all know it. When we when we hear about it, read about it, and, and read these stories, the federal side of this penalty has got to be serious enough that these jokers on the street know that a joyride in that car may mean many years behind bars. And finally, we can't arrest our way out of what we're challenged with. We've got to look at the full spectrum of things that need to be done to deal with these people uh, who are born, come to the earth in the usual way and end up becoming members of these drug-hardened gangs, uh, going out and shooting innocent people and firing guns right and left. I've seen it too often. I saw it personally with my wife just a few months ago on Lakeshore Drive. This craziness has got to come to an end. Senator Dick Durbin, thank you for taking our call this afternoon. You bet. Uh, Coming up next, Steve has the news on 720 WGN.